Hello, Omniverse. I am Joe Bear. I'm Zach. And I'm Diego. And this is Behind the Beard. Or lack thereof. And welcome to this week's episode, where we hope that each of our conversation helps sparks an idea, a thought, or help you on your journey to be a better you as we're trying to do the same every week. Uh, today, we're going to finish our conversation on the topic of productivity. Uh, in today's episode, uh, we'll be discussing the importance of meetings in the workplace. Meetings are a great way to share ideas, make decisions, build team relationships, and even combat loneliness that can come from a virtual workplace. However, if not managed correctly, meetings can become a burden. Therefore, we have to look at best practices for keeping meetings efficient and productive. Right, but first, uh, there are a couple of things that are coming, and I need you guys basically to explain the United States of America to me. So, first, why so many time zones and why daylight savings? Well, I think we're going to need a longer segment for this. <laughs> and it depends on your time zone. I, see, I am conflicted on daylight savings time. Sometimes I enjoy it. I don't like it's, it's sometimes it's like comforting for like the first few weeks like once it's adjusted especially when it's darker later um plus if you have a kid they're tired earlier sometimes it's helpful but then uh, after a couple months you're like it's very dark and gloomy at 5 p.m for months and this is <laughs> seasonal depression is real yeah I'm right there with you Zach I think if we um we do away with it. I think there's actually more sunshine per waking hour without this whole fall back, spring forward. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I think that's uh, something that's Arizona's got going right. And here's another thing, Diego, not all counties, not all states comply with this. So sometimes you got to be, especially in a virtual environment, ask where they are to whether they're moving forward, moving back in time. Um, and then as far as the time zones themselves, they don't quite make sense. Uh, you know, they, you, yeah, you would think it would be yeah, like... I've seen that in the map. Yeah, yeah sometimes you, you can be in the same state and just flip over time zones. Like, Tennessee is one crazy. of them. Like, you're going through Tennessee and all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're essential. So traveling sometimes can be really nice. You're like, if you gain some time, like going to the West Coast, you're like, ooh, traveling back in time. <laughs> what I don't understand though is like how crooked and it is like and how it goes you know more like the mississippi traveling down the the, the pathway why don't we just go off of like longitude uh, you know just make it easy Latitude, at 38 degrees so <laughs> from what i've read it like helped trains get on time and people catch their trains but just so you know everybody here in guatemala who works uh, on a u.s related type of business which is a bunch of us uh we have to readjust twice a year like right now we're gonna move one hour earlier everything that we do so if you wake up at six now you wake up at five uh, <laughs> you go run at seven now you go run at six and all of that because all of our meetings suddenly just came an hour earlier uh, then the other thing i wanted to ask you about because that's right around the corner is march madness what is that i don't even know what that is it's uh it's like the u.s world cup for college basketball <laughs> As best I can think of it. I think it's just an excuse for a bunch of people to fill out some brackets, try to win some money, and argue with each other for a few weeks. You know, one <laughs> thing that I I didn't know, I mean, that's a great analogy, Zach, is just how on top of college basketball you are. Um, and your brackets are usually pretty spot on for getting down to the final four. 
Uh, you blew me away every year that we've done a bracket together. Um, some years I was into it, and most of the time now I'm like, I just don't have time. I like this team, and let's go. Um, but you have some science behind selecting your brackets. Yeah, I well, I always like to go like for a Cinderella story, right? That's a something I think that's across all sports that okay. terminology. Um, you know, just that underdog. But like, I I I don't I don't watch college basketball like. I don't often watch sports often, but something about this time, like I'm a competitive person by nature. So being able to like select and like dive in and be like, ooh, hmm, two seed. I don't know they're gonna go that far. And it's like a gut instinct that I just follow. It's it's proven pretty well. I think our company won, I think it was like second or something last year. It was right, right at the top, like the entire time. So basically it's all division one college or universities. Uh, based on their record, you know, playing through the regular season, we'll earn a bit into the top 64, right? Um, I think it's 64. Man, I, I should have done some sort of research on this before. <laughs> uh, but There's then, like some wild cards, but basically it's 64. So, you know, they can have a really hot season, get in and have that Cinderella story that they were talking through. But uh, it changes every year. There's always going to be some of your dominant colleges, you know, just from like a soccer perspective. It's like the menu is uh, Manchester United. It's always going to be like Duke or North Carolina. I mean, they're always usually pretty strong. Right. They get a strong recruiting class. Not so much this year, but uh, we'll see what they do. Um, you know, but there, there's always that. So do you bet against the one seed and take the 12 seed? Uh, you know, it's always so a fun challenge. Betting in brackets. Does it last one full month? It, and it technically bleeds into April. So, like, it's uh, March okay. Madness. But yeah, it goes over over a little bit of time. But, like, each round so like it's different than world cup because they just get one and done like you have one game and if you lose mm -hmm. you're knocked out um but and so you get so many points based off of the round of 64 and then it's the round of 32 and it's the round of 16 the uh elite eight the final four and then the championship so you get so many points for each win that you get accurate but if you don't pick the right team and you have them going to like the final four or beyond um and they call that a busted bracket and you're gone. It's the odds of getting a perfect bracket. I don't know. I don't even know. I could search it, but it's like TT tiny. So like all these companies always put out these contests, like million dollars for a perfect bracket. And like within the first day, it's there's like two people can still have a perfect bracket. <laughs> here's, here's the fun part. Um, American businesses, they lose uh, about 13.8 billion dollars each year because americans are less productive during march madness wow it is your version of the world cup it, it truly is Great. but it boosts work morale we we do a bracket here we all get involved um either you know the sport or you're just picking like oh i know your team uh we're, we'll go with you um Pick but either way mascot, you know <laughs> Fun to be a little bit uh, workplace competitive and try to get that perfect bracket. You never know what happens every year. Your crazy bracket could end up being the perfect bracket. But, you know, you mentioned a, a great segue into today's topic is you said it decreases productivity. You know, there's something else that sometimes decreases productivity in the workplace. So are, are we wrapping this up here? How was it done with our fun spiel, Zach? I mean, I, I, I implore your efficiency here, but uh, I did challenge everyone last week uh, for a March challenge, not a March Madness challenge, but a March challenge. And I want to clarify that um, for everyone that participates, 
Yeah, we're a little bit of an honor system here, but really it's good for you if you participate. So I challenged everyone with 50 push-ups a day for every day in March. I want to check in to make sure how you're going. Send me an update. Um, you know, it could be push-ups, it could be body squats, it could be whatever you can do, right? Um, so it doesn't, it's not limited to just push-ups. I just challenged uh, you know, Zach and Diego here with those, but Maybe it's just squats. Maybe it's just jumping jacks. Whatever the case is, I love to see everyone move because the more you move, the better you are in between the ears. Uh, so I implore you, try it out and let us know if you're participating at btboiteam.com. There will be a raffle. Maybe you uh, win lunch with behind the beard. Uh, who knows uh, <laughs> what will be out there? But I'm thinking so. We'll do lunch, right? Is that, we, could, we could do lunch. Like a live lunch segment with behind the beard. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, that would be interesting. All right. Who doesn't want a free lunch? All right. So every day, challenge yourself. 50 of some body weight exercises. Keep track of it. Highly recommend putting it on the calendar, marking it off every single day. That's what I do. I've got my wall calendar right there, marking 50 every day. Um, all right. And let us know actually... at btb at oiteam.com. There we go. All right, I had to get that one in there. Let's transition back into your awesome segue that I ruined. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> of course. I had a perfect moment and you just ruined it. Now hey, I'm I trying to think of how I go to push-ups to, to this segue and now I'm, I'm struggling, you know, because I'm now feeling this fatigue from your talking. Well, when you want to push up your productivity, meetings aren't always the answer. I recently read a book, I mean, surprise, uh, and it really got me thinking about, you know, how do you operate as a business? And that can really impact so many other things out there. Uh, the book was called, It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work. Well, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be times you're ramping up, you grow 3,100% in three years. I mean, that's going to be crazy for a little bit, but it doesn't have to sustain that way. Um, so today we just want to talk about, you know, what are the meanings of meetings, how to make it more efficient, how to keep them on track, and just some of our best practices uh, for this sometimes burdensome work killer. Uh, you know, getting into that state of flow is next to impossible when all you have is meetings on your calendar. Um, what do you guys think are the, like the the meanings of meetings? Like, what? Why would you have one? There's some principles, and I got this kind of influenced by an article, and I'll probably reference it during. Today's episode a lot, but stop the meeting madness is from the Harvard, Harvard Business Review, written by a few individuals, Perlow, Hadley, Yoon. But they brought up a good point and something that one thing that I think a meeting's effective for is when it's a review period, right? Um, reviewing something that's occurred for lessons learned and for go forward, um, especially if it's a big planning item, right? Mm -hmm. um, because you can take some notes that you put into some emails and then kind of delib like, uh, deliberate on them, see what's going on. Um, and then if you are putting forward like a new change or a new policy, a goal, I think there's importance in having documentation to clarify and validate on, um, just so that there's no way to have any type of, I guess, confusion, especially if it's something that's a policy um, or something that you're asking if you're in a leadership role, your team or a teammate to do. Those would be my kind of two biggest things. What about you, Diego? What are your your ideas and thoughts of what a meeting should be for? So I have kind of mixed feelings about meetings because I like meetings that are about brainstorming, for example. 
Yes. But sometimes those meetings can not be the answer to whatever you're trying to solve on that brainstorming. So I think it's more of a mixed approach where you have maybe a kickoff for the brainstorm and it's a short one, right? This is the problem that we're trying to solve. These are the things that we have on our plate right now. These are the possibilities. Then go offline, each one on their own, tries to figure something out, maybe chat about it, maybe a shared document where you can see what others are doing and then come back to kind of wrap it up in, in conclusions because like if you're in a meeting, especially in, in, in the virtual world, if you're in a meeting for a couple hours, uh, even one hour, it's too much, too much time um, to do that, to do the same thing. So that's one of the examples. Then I do like the ones, uh, like you said, Zach, about like uh, results and evaluations and maybe gathering some feedback about that as well. And those are very useful. Those are the ones that I find very useful. But my, maybe my favorite type of meeting is when you have something very specific that you need to tackle and that you need others to help you with. Or yeah, just get together to figure a very specific thing out. And those to me are like the ones that are the most reasonable meetings and the ones that should be on your calendars. The rest, you might need to think it twice if you're putting that meeting on there. Ooh, so much power right there. I like uh, both of your guys' ideas. I love a good brainstorming and innovation meeting. Uh, to, to kick it off, I like what, how you said that there. There's times where thinking on the spot creatively doesn't happen, right? Where I get my best creativity thoughts for brainstorming after I see the challenge, I hear the challenge, can formulate some sort of plan on the spot, but I may need to go for a walk. I need to go to the gym. I need to listen to a podcast. I need to listen to something about there to get my brain flowing in that direction to try to solve it, to try to explore and open my mind up a little bit. Um, so I really love those. Um, planning meetings, yeah, I mean, I, there's those and we do them a lot here in, you know, I think if you have the right tools, you don't need to put so much time into planning itself, where if you can get a documented process going, utilize tools out there, and then just converge and say, make sure that we're all speaking the same language and the same idea, the same plan. Uh, but I think a lot of planning gets done better when you're in a state of flow is what we've talked about versus on the spot, I don't have time to think through this process and what those downstream effects are. Um, and then, I, you know, the postmortem meetings that you guys talked about, those those are powerful, right? You know, meeting with uh, who launched a new something and getting feedback from our GBAs. So super critical to what did we do right? What did we do wrong? You know, and that's how we learn and that's how we make the, the process better for the next wave of GBAs coming through. One other thing that is helpful is just so interested in impromptu meeting just to just a chat, right? Like throw out, maybe you don't have even, agendas are always important. I'm sure we'll talk on that, but maybe you have a pretty vague agenda, but you just calling up a teammate, calling up a coworker, calling up whoever, and just kind of hashing something out for 10, 20 minutes. And maybe some conversation goes off of a work basis. And I think that helps just, sometimes it's a good refresher um, in, in a day. Um, but I think when you're scheduling something like that, that doesn't become effective anymore. Repeating meetings. How many times have we all jumped on a repeating meeting and you have absolutely nothing to do with it? There's no nothing being solved and we're continuing to utilize the full time since it was booked, right? And the, yeah. there's no agenda on there. We'll get into that. It, it, we got to know what we're bringing to the table. 
we got to know what we're planning for. We got to know what's there. And I'll be the first one to admit, I'll cancel the meeting if there's not enough oomph to it, yeah. not enough use of all of our time, our energy, our mental capacity, something we could do later or stack it up for, you know, maybe in two weeks, then we have a full agenda. We can get through it all. Yep, not enough sauce in the pasta to to make it go. <laughs> I, I, it's actually in a, a point that I had saw out there that, and I, I try to do this, you know, with the team that I work with day in, day out, is we talk pretty much all day in teams. I mean, yep. different companies have Slack teams, and we get that feedback from all parts of the organization, whether we're getting feedback from a GBA or, or wanting ideas, starting a channel. There's, you know, you can schedule messages to go out at certain times, asking people for updates, explaining kind of what they're working on, any important project updates, things like that. And then if you are seeing something within that channel that you need further clarification on, and you can't solve it in that message or in that thread, then maybe it's time to evaluate um, a call for gaining more context if needed. But there's a lot of power in just having that communication in teams or in there. And that way, you know, you don't have that um, dialogue, right? You can quickly pre check a previous conversation or a project outline or whatever it is, and you never will come across the phrase of, well, I thought you told me, or I was under the impression. Um, in those things just axed. I like where you're headed there is, you know, the more meetings we're on, the more meetings we go through, the more we multitask to try to keep up with all of the things we need to do to run the day job, so to speak. And then our attention span is less and less. I, I, I used to believe something where I could multitask. I could be on two meetings at once. I could still work on my spreadsheet. I still could do it all. But the older I've gotten, the more I've realized I was doing terribly on all three things at once. I could focus on one. I could focus on the next. Do we have to chat and be on a meeting at times? Sure, it does happen there, but you're cutting your attention between the two. I like another point that you brought up there, Zach, is, you know, when we focus in so much on this meeting, so much of what's going on, and it, it's a lot of it is to feel productive, right? And it's to feel that work is getting accomplished. And when we end up focusing on that productivity itself, then we end up focusing on being busy and filling every moment of that meeting with something to do. Sometimes silence is okay. Sometimes we have to think. Sometimes we need to go step away, come back together. Um, I believe there's better ways that you can really manage a meeting. And some of it is downtime. And I know that's a struggle for me <laughs> to allow no. downtime. Uh, but, you know, Diego, what are your thoughts of what we have been discussing here? I think you need to keep in mind all of the alternatives, right? The meeting is not the solution to everything. And what you said about busy work, uh, yeah, it's just sometimes it's just like, I'm, I'm in this meeting, then going to that next meeting, then going to the next meeting that's overlaps with another meeting. Uh, yeah, you're not being productive at all during that time, right? You're probably not, but you said, we're, if you're trying to do something, you're going to do it bad. Uh, you're probably not going to pay attention to that, to the last meeting on your on your sequence, because obviously you've been back to back all day. So yeah, meeting is not the solution to everything. And consider all the alternatives. For example, one, one of the things that you brought at the very beginning is sometimes we do meetings because um, 
in the virtual world, we might feel a little lonely sometimes and need to talk to other people, right? So best uh, solution that people come up with, let's do a hangout meeting on Friday evening. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, nobody's going to have as much fun as if you actually get together with someone that's near you. The other day I went to lunch with uh, Wes and Byron and I hadn't seen them in like six months or whatever. And we didn't talk anything that had to do about work or anything. We just went and had some nice food, some nice restaurant. And it was very nice. It was getting together and solving that like socialization kind of need. Um, but there are always alternatives. Chatting is a, is a great alternative to everyday things, to little things that you can solve by keeping the communications open. And it's not that busy work of I'm just going from meeting to meeting. It, you also get the point of the busy work of going meeting to meeting and you end the day. And all of a sudden you're saying from the first meeting, you told said person, I'm going to get that done uh, this afternoon because you don't have that point. And now that log of events, if you've had any other takeaways from any of those meetings has just grown you know, exponentially um, throughout the day. Uh, sorry, I paused right there because we're, we record on Teams and I didn't realize we're doing like, I did a voice coach and it gave me a pointer as I was talking and it really caught me off guard. Did it say <laughs> so, slow down or vary your pitch? It said to vary my pitch, so uh, noted. So we're just trying to, it now it just awarded me for varying my pitch. Okay. So, I'm trying to be more effective in meetings, here we go. Um, so that that totally lost my train of thought. But yeah, you're <laughs> you get to the end of the day and your log of events just increases some days. I know Monday was a prime example of that for me. A lot of things get pushed to Mondays because it's the end of the week and everybody has the fatigue from being in those calls. Um, and they're just like, I can't handle another call on the calendar. Right. Um, so that's where we push to the beginning of the week and it's a rinse and repeat. Good. Probably the scariest thing I've done in my career said no to a meeting <laughs> for all of us. If I'm put on the meeting invite, well, I, I probably need to be there, right? Yeah. But a lot of times you're not. You look at the, the list, you have somebody on your team or they're talking about something else outside of it. I mean, yeah, we need to know about all this. You need to have this delivery model where we, we have a good firm foundation of understanding, but there's times when it's hard to say no. So, but if we look at this and it should be very difficult to get on each other's calendars, right? It should be probably the hardest thing within a business itself, especially if you're in a remote async first company, it, it should be very difficult. I shouldn't be able to just block time on Diego's calendar, take up an hour of his and say, we're going to talk about whatever comes up for an hour. Right? That's not a good use of any of our time. But if we avoid some of those time sinkholes, think about the time gained to be more productive, to hit that state of flow as we've talked about, to conquer the workday and get more out of the workday to where it's not as necessary to meet to say, oh, yep, that was done. I'm checking in on your work. Oh, I want to do this or that. When it's already done, you have the time to present, you have the time to get it out into the omniverse or into the, your universe, say this is the information. I probably could look at my calendar, your calendar, both of yours, and see probably 20 hours worth of time we could all gain back. Imagine 20 hours a week 
compounded over an entire year, you're able to focus on changing the entire environment, the entire BPO space with that much time, energy, and effort. Huge. There was a, in the article I referenced earlier, there was a survey across 76 companies in regards to this very topic of the meetings ineffectiveness. Um, throughout those companies surveyed, their employee productivity was 71% higher when meetings were reduced by 40%. Based off of the feeling from, from employees that they felt more empowered and autonomous in their work. And when the meetings declined, it's gonna be even a bigger figure, right? When the meetings declined by 80%, the perception that employees had that they were being micromanaged lessened by 74% because people felt valued, trusted, and more engaged. Um, which in turn, they worked harder for their company. So that those I've been in those situations, right? Where I don't, I don't have a heavy meeting day and I'm like, wow, I got so much done or I just felt like I had space. You, you feel, I feel like you had the space to breathe. I don't think we talk enough about um, even in a virtual world that Teams fatigue or Zoom fatigue, whatever video calling solution you're using, that's real, right? Like. It, uh, meetings are, are beneficial when you're going through some great topics that we talked about and they, they do serve purpose. But if you're attending the same meeting and saying the same things over and over again, or meeting just to meet um, to see if anybody else has anything to bring to the table, that's that's a lot. It's a lot on one person. And there's the other the other problem, which is when you go completely the other the other way and kind of like Stockholm syndrome and you feel weird and unproductive if you have a day without meetings <laughs> and that's the worst part maybe because then that's when you're going to start putting meetings on people's calendars <laughs> without noticing you're taking their time uh, then i, I want to talk about uh, blocking time on your calendars for productivity do you guys ever do that do you think that's a solution um that people can do i had this colleague that used to like block three hour blocks on, on his calendar and different times of the day uh, just because he wanted to use it for productivity. But then he had this thing where people wouldn't look at his calendar and just book the meetings. So yes, absolutely. In Microsoft Teams or Microsoft Outlook, we use Microsoft here in the Omniverse. Um, auto schedules focus time for me on my calendar. Um, and What's odd is it always seems to be scheduled when I am most productive to be able to be in a state of flow. And so it's got me, it's figured me out where, you know, eight to 10 in the morning, it's put focus time on there. And truly that's before the brain drain happens. It's I'm able to get in there. I'm able to crunch out a lot of great things. And then I could have my day set up and ready to go. I think there should be more time, right? Um, to built in is just as much as we are good about solving the problems, we need to work on the business itself. And you can't do that by being in the business, right? You can't be present at every single meeting and work on the business. You have to take a step back and hit that state of flow to think it over. Uh, because ultimately where I'm going with this one and you know the ideas in my mind is, I don't want reactions, which happens a lot of the, the meeting time. It's just all reactions. I don't have a chance to think about it. I want first impressions. I don't want knee jerks. I, I want 
feedback considered, thought through. I want a plan. I want it to be read over, slept on it, you know, have a few hours to think about your your agenda here of what's going to happen. And the challenge is if you don't block that time, you don't get that time to think about it, you go into the meetings back to back and that mental clarity is gone. So how can you find time to block this time when there's so many meetings on your calendar? Zach, what's your secret to success with that? I wish I had a gold key <laughs> for it all. I I did that before where I would block specific time either for productivity or working from home. You know, my kid gets off the bus at a certain time. I would block certain times to handle things like that. But what I found when I did that is, yes, there were times it just got scheduled over, but the biggest impact it had to me is people did one of two things. My end of days became packed because my only time that I showed available was like 4 p.m. Eastern on. I will be first to say, end of day, I am least effective. I'm mm -hmm. a morning goer by about 3 p.m. I am going to probably need a little extra caffeine to get through that last push if I have something else. I, I get up, I want to get my work done. Um, and if there's an end of day meeting, I'm probably going to be there and, and not be as effective as I was hours before. So I stopped blocking um, because of that very good reason of, you know, people were just going to push to the end of the day. Um, and I think that there's there's power in the relationship building, right? I know client relationships, it's great to have um, so the, some of those start meetings. You have a weekly, you know, business review to touch on results. Those things are effective. I do believe that. But if we were just filling calendars without a breather, then it's just I don't think there's a solution to blocking or not blocking because if you're scheduling a meeting with 12 plus people half the time somebody's going to be overbooked triple booked double booked something along those lines has to be next to impossible as an organization to schedule a meeting and i know that seems counterintuitive to working efficiently and quickly but if we're taking away time of flow better be a darn good reason for it. Um, I did see a tweet not too long ago, um, and I would love this idea as more for consultation, is uh, what if every time you scheduled a meeting, it showcased the cost of said meeting, right? You, you, if you're going to book a meeting with 20 people, and you see that this is a $20,000 meeting, uh, you better be, or, you know, that's from the salaries, <laughs> work loss, things that, that need to be done, and then the, their teams that have to work, right? It shows all the downstream effects of booking all of the, the leaders on there. Think of how quickly those calendars would open up because I don't have a $20,000 problem we need to discuss. This is the $100 problem, so to speak, and I can do that in with two people to get my answers, to get my solution. Yeah, I've, I've seen that with uh, like very number oriented type of people. I think it's a very good solution for that type of mindset. When you look at the people that you're inviting to the meeting, seeing how much it's going to cost. I've also seen it with like freelance creatives, like graphic designers and stuff being like, OK, so I'm going to meet with the client and it's going to take this amount of time. So it means this much more on the budget for them. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's a really good one. 
export and number oriented people. I think CFOs everywhere would open their eyes uh, and probably be like, oh gosh, this is this is scary. <laughs> I know I opened my eyes to it when you shared it over and I was like, oh gosh, that is scary. Um, just thinking of it in that range. <clears throat> I always like to look at tools that could help us be better with our, our time. Um, I know there's, you know, with the power of AI really exploding out there, there's so many great tools out there that really could help recap send out meeting notes you can assign something so i simply say diego you have responsibility for blank zach you have the responsibility for blank and the ai tool will hear that and it will send out a meeting recap with a you know transcribed notes or summarized notes uh, there's tons of tools out there uh, that can do this i think even uh, microsoft's got a premium version that you know it can be enabled here soon but everybody's looking at this it's not just a you know, localized BPO issue. This is a, a big world issue of, well, there's a lot of time wasted on meetings and how can we make it better, cleaner, faster? Uh, I know I'm probably the worst one in the world uh, for recapping uh, in a timely fashion, <laughs> you know, and if I could have a AI that just boom, recaps it, sends it out, great. Then my brain power is focused on the creativity to solve the solution, not on, oh goodness, what did Zach say again? Oh goodness, what did I sign Diego? Oh my goodness, I need to get back into that. So I think there's a better way to do it and utilize those tools. What tools do you guys utilize or that you know of to help out with the meeting efficiency or productivity? Maybe something like a shared note, like OneNote for Microsoft or whatever the solution is for whichever platform you guys use at your workplace. But yeah, I think a shared node where you're doing that and maybe if there is some AI that can help you note taking that you can add to that, that's that's great. Um, and then just tools to, you know, open item trackers. You're talking about guide CX, things of that nature where you see what's open, you see what's high risk, you see what's assigned to others. There's comments that can be done from different parts of the organization outside of the organization really tracking whatever the ultimate end goal is to completion so that's just helpful for everybody to see the same page and even you know from a project management perspective be able to tap somebody on the shoulder and say hey i know we're not meeting today but just wanted to make sure that you're on target to hit your goal for friday for example planning agreeing and tracking i guess whatever tool helps you do those three things with your meetings go for it in a paper trail so that nobody can say I didn't see that. You didn't tag me. <laughs> and then you have That's to. Real. I don't want to. I don't want to dilute us too much. I know we're up against time here, but then you have the other side of the fence on using these tools effectively. Because <laughs> if you're within twelve different Teams chats, now you're trying to find where this happened. <laughs> Ten channels later, you finally found the message from December fourth at ten thirty-seven a.m. when Joe said this. It, it it can be a hurdle to go through that too. Streamline chats. I love the the team thread channels. Um, yes. You know, and I know they're not as simple as a group chat is sometimes, but um, there is power in solving problems through the the technology itself. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're always looking for better practices of how we could operate. So send your best practices for meetings to us on your thoughts on them, uh, btboiteam.com. I appreciate everyone uh, and all of your input towards our productivity series. And with that, I wanna leave with a, a quote, and this one would be not from 
somebody traditionally uh, would be known for meetings or efficiency or productivity. Uh, but a quote from Homer Simpson. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Hashtag it every time Zach's in a meeting. As always, <laughs> hashtag keep learning. And as always, hashtag keep learning and let us know what you're learning about too. Please like and subscribe to our channel for more great content. Here we may be adding some more information generated by AI. It would be kind of cool to see. If you'd like to reach out to us, we'd welcome you to email us at btboiteam.com and join us next week when we start our next topic all about presentation. And we're going to focus in first on communication simplicity. I am Joe Bear, and for my co-host Zach and Diego, this is Behind the Beard. Omniverse to the moon. Where we hope that each of our conversation helps spark an idea, a thought, or to help you journey. How many times have I done this intro?